0: Hey, what's <clears throat> Jesus Christ? <laughs> <You> no, <know, clears throat> drinking. Damn, I got a little cold, man. it's getting to me, man.
1: Yeah, I was gonna say I, that shit is going around. I got a cold too.
0: <laughs> I got
1: That's a chest cold, nasal, everything, man.
0: <laughs> that, was, that was a horrible beginning. My fault, people. <laughs> 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 uh, um, what's up with everybody, man? Shit, boy, slizzy. Staying in the New York Knicks podcast. The guy, Die Hard Nick podcast in the building. What's up? Salute everybody. Salute. What's up, man? How you feeling, bro? How's your day going? How's everything,
1: man? Yeah, day's going good, man. I've been trying to, you see, I'm trying to do my push up thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm about to challenge. I'm about to do that challenge within the next hour, (laughs) too. Yeah, man. It's
1: it's called the, the Die Hard Push Up Challenge. You can also use the DDM hashtag 100. And um, it's me and my boy actually. Me and my boy, um, Dirty Doorman Variety Show. We um, we work together and stuff, man. So we we just decided like, there's a lot of stuff going on, man. So we need some kind of like unity and stuff. So yeah, yeah. So we was like let's just do that and see see how many people can um, can get down with it, man. Just to show some solidarity for you know for various things, you know. Man,
0: when your yeah. when your country is ran by a clown, <laughs> then, then, then,
1: yo, that that sounds a lot. That sounds very familiar, right?
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> everything everything translates to the Knicks, man. Everything comes right back. Hey, what, what you what you think of that of that kid um that um posted the the picture with him and um you know like, he kind of like photo bombed him kind of.
0: Oh yeah, he did photo bomb him bad too. They they look to be honest, they all look stressed. <laughs> they look <defeated>. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like we caught them in bed or something, the way their faces look, you know?
0: Man, they look out of it, man. It, <laughs> I, I don't know, but they look out of it. Nobody's smiling. They look focused.
1: Yeah. That's a, that's a Knicks fan, though. Most of us are like that anyway, man. When, when you know, at, at work, I know, I know you get it, too. At work, guys start talking about the Knicks. First Yo, thing they say is like something real crazy, and you got to be like, oh, my God, here we go.
0: Bro, I get it. Yo, every time the Knicks lose, it seems like everybody likes to find me at work.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, I figure so man. You probably like the nick god at your at your job and shit. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, everybody, yo. Hey, as soon as they lose, yo, what's up, bro? Why they lost my twenty today?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't even say nothing, man. You know, you know, I got my merch and stuff, i be i be having my hat, I got my, my hoodie on or whatever. And I just stay I don't even say nothing. Everybody knows what you know what it is at the work, you know, at at, at um, work and stuff, man, but they don't I don't even say nothing to them. Cause it, you know, it's just getting ridiculous, man.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, you you say something interesting. You say, you know, short interview. You know, for this for this next podcast, episode, we're going to talk about where we're from and stuff like that. And then what brought us to the Knicks? Um, I know you from New York. I'm, I'm from New York as well. I'm from Harlem, New York. From yeah. New York. Um, you know, tell tell. I, I know you. Are you probably older than me? You yeah, probably, definitely. Probably, I think I got you about ten years. <laughs> yeah, you probably uh uh you probably been with the Knicks more than me, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm a decade long Knicks fan. Um I've been a Knicks fan. A true, true Diehard Knicks fan since two thousand nine. Um
1: Okay, what we'll, what we'll brought that on though, two thousand
0: nine? Um, basically I always watched the Knicks from afar growing up. I always watched them from afar. I started watching basketball when I when I was about uh 12. Yeah um and you know that was the same year when Yao Ming got drafted and you know I always watched basketball before that I remember watching Allen Iverson in the finals but I wasn't really a diehard basketball fan like that okay. so I was watching basketball and you know oh nine oh ten um you know they trade they cleared the decks that was the year remember they cleared the decks mm-hmm. they traded everybody and that was the year when the first big free agency was. and, and That's the
1: LeBron thing, when you made the decision? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And I was a, I was a huge LeBron fan at the time. I wasn't really into the Knicks like that, but I always watched the games, always. Always knew the history, knew everything. Mm-hmm. And what really grabbed me in, finally, when I was like, I'm all in, to be honest, bro, is the Carmelo Anthony trade, bro. Okay. <laughs> and. And this is why I defend Melo, because I'm 29 years old. Right. So I grew up watching Melo since I was about 11, 12 years old. He's always one of my favorite NBA players. And just for the Knicks to grab Melo, and I think it was January, it, it, I think it was December, and just me watching Carmelo, I remember that first game, he was in the Knicks jersey, man. It was, it was crazy, man. was Wow. And just the, the, the energy that Melo brought every night in the Knicks jersey, that, yeah. that's what really drew me in. And safe to say, you know, I've been 10 years watching the Knicks. I know all the history. You know, I read up on my history watching watched a hell of a lot of classic games. Yeah. But, you know, that. that's about it. As far as, far as the podcasting thing goes, though, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> what really started me was my friend, my friend Calvin. You know, we always used to argue about sports and you know, I was watching I was deep I'm a Knicks fan, so he's a Lakers fan. Yeah. You know, we going back and forth. So he like, yo, you might as well start a podcast. I'm like, you know what, you're right. Give me an app and I'll start one. He gave me the Ink app and then this is how I started. So ever since I was I just been all in and here I am now. So <laughs>
1: yo, we got we got kind of similar beginnings though. So like you you was about 17 when you when that um when i went down right 17
0: 18. um when mellow trade went down i was about 20. i was about
1: 1920. okay 1920s yeah, though so. yep all right for me how old was i back then i, like, I was well I, I think i was um i was 30 actually <laughs> yeah going on about going on 30 or whatever i was that was for me that was a big transition man because um even before that, you know, you know, I got kids and stuff. But I got an older son, so I was going through stuff with his moms and whatever. And it yeah. just so happens, I'm going through stuff with 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 his moms, big, big stuff. And then that was during the Isaiah era, man, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was like, you know what I'm saying? So it was like double time in, in my, you know, in my, you know, my Nick fandom and then in my personal life, all that stuff was happening. But, you know, the same thing, like like you said, like around when, um, well, for me, it was really like when Amari got, got here. When Amari got here and then later on in the season when Melo came in, that's what started, you know the energy again the good vibes and stuff so yeah, yeah man. for for me for me really like i always, i started on on the message boards because like coming up you know with the internet internet kind of just really like really started popping off in the early 2000s kind of yep, so yep. on the early 2000s i really was in the message boards and stuff so then like we used to we used to be in there cursing each other out and stuff like that so the guys are yo you know you know it's like natural like yo y'all y'all f you up yo let's let's go meet up somewhere so like it was like a um like a community thing we all wanted to meet each other so we we ended up meeting each other at a at a bar or whatever yeah. so that was the first that was like my first real real connection with the internet and stuff like that so anyway you know long story short one of the guys because I was I was just um you know we were just going so crazy yo man you, you you like to get real deep and whatever so why don't you start your own podcast but that was like you know 10 years ago you know 10-15 years ago the guy told me that yeah. and what made me start now is that like the same the same energy is happening? You know, the the whole um, you know, cleaning the cap, and now we have all this you know positive stuff happening. So you know, through um through my job, you know, this um my my sometime partner, his name is um Naloa. I've been trying to get him on the podcast more, but you know, like, like I said, work and stuff like that is kind of hard. But he he was like, yo man, you should just start a podcast, right? Whatever. But he was he was kind of making it a little bit too complicated. So then I found the same thing. I found the Anchor app, and then it has been like that, man. I just started it, and that's that's what it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. it's crazy how, you know, you start off with the Anchor app, and, you know, I wasn't even on Twitter. I wasn't even on Twitter, I was not, I was straight Facebook and Instagram, and, you know, in April, back in April, I I was talking to um, Nick's Film School, I was talking to one of those guys, on Instagram, and they was like, well, if you really want to get in tune and really talk to people directly, you gotta get on Twitter. So I joined Twitter and, you know, because of Twitter, you know, I didn't got podcast episodes with Jonathan Macri. I just did one recently with Alex Collins, the guy who be on um, Nick, Fan T- Nick Fan TV, Nick Fan TV, who be over there. Okay. Know? and You know, I do podcasts with you, with everybody. But, you know, it, it, it's just a good community of people. Um, it, it, A lot of it's biased. But it don't be biased. We always try to place blame down the middle and yeah. you know, place judgment where it needs to be. Is it, it, it the my issue just comes from the media. Like, for example, let me throw this at you. Nobody talks about this. Mike Green and, Clyde, and and Clyde, right? The game, the other game the game yesterday. Um, so he goes, Clyde goes you know, the Knicks treated Giannis' brother bad. You said, uh-huh. during the game, the Knicks treated yeah. Giannis' brother bad. Mike Green immediately shuts that down and says, well, i never heard that from Giannis' brother or from the Knicks' management or any news about the Knicks treating Giannis' brother bad. So I'm like, hmm, who created that narrative? The goddamn media. This is what? Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, the the media fries us, man. It's, it's hard. It's like, like um, it's like we're getting um shot at, you know, in the street. You know, we gotta like run for cover every every time you look around. Somebody's saying something crazy, man. It doesn't make any sense. Cause I mean, what like what what could we have possibly done to to um to Giannis's brother? What's his name? Thanasis, right? Y- yes. Yeah, Thanasis. What could what could we have possibly done? D- drafted him, you know, drafted a bum from um from Greece. You know what I'm saying? Hoping that he could be like his brother. You know, then what did we do? We kept him in there. We was playing him and stuff like that. We gave him opportunity to play. We had him for for a few years. We had him in our G League system for a little while. So I mean, what 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 could we have possibly done? You know, because I mean, no other team wanted him. You know, it's not like anybody was knocking on our door trying to get the answers.
0: <laughs> it's crazy how the media paints that narrative. And you know what else? Now that we're talking about, I just thought about this on the fly. It always seems like when it comes to the NBA brothers and the family, it always seems like the middle brothers, the worst one, <laughs> which was the guy we drafted. Yeah, the youngest is usually the best one. And they got, got a younger brother who's ne- in next year's draft. And the older one is usually the most productive one. But the youngest one is usually the most potential. Yeah. Now, here's why. I, this is why I bring that up. Lonzo ball jello. And Lamelo Ball, Alonzo right. was the first who got drafted. He's the guy who puts up the production, but Lamelo is the guy with the most potential. Yeah, no doubt. And,
1: you know, I mean, just um, know, just to show my know. age and stuff, man. Like Marbury, not not to cut you up Marbury, but the whole Marbury family, like all those guys were nice. Yeah, you you know, know, know what I'm saying? And then like the the baby, you know, the one with the most potential was Marbury. He was the last one, you know. And like his older brother was supposed to have been like a real like a real like um big time baller, but you know. You know the streets i think i think got him you know what i'm
0: saying yo you know what's crazy the streets got a lot of people yo i'm gonna throw a couple names at you um Corey fisher yeah uh len bias uh damn it's a, it's a oh my god guy, um
1: um, um sweet pea from harlem this guy um yep. and um and uh, what's his name man antonio daniels whatever his name was
0: oh i know exact um spanish guy
1: yeah, he was like light skin. He was he was a weird weird looking dude. He kind of looked like the dude the dude from Goonies. They they <laughs> call him Sweepy because he kind of looked like Sweepy from Popeye.
0: yo, yo I know he's, damn when this when this name comes, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I know you're talking about. He was top five. I think his name uh, cardoza No, damn, i forgot his name. I know what you're talking about. But though.
1: this this, this is an old school guy though, man. He he was um he got um he finally um got on with San Antonio and he played a little bit, but he was already in his thirties. But like you know, coming in high school and stuff like that and in Harlem, he was like one of the baddest. You know, coming up in like in the eighties and the early nineties and stuff.
0: Yo, that that's a fact. When the hell is New York gonna be breeding ballers again? Like, what what happened? I don't know,
1: man. What, what? See that that's the that's the thing with eras. Like in, like in in my era, I came up in the nineties and stuff. So, you know, I, like um, I came up with um guys like Tinsley, you know, like Eric Barkley and all those guys, all those type of guys. I mentioned them because I actually played with them. Tinsley was a bad dude, man. Like he, he, he yeah, didn't he didn't go nice. to um Jamal yeah he didn't go to um he didn't play high school ball which is funny but he was like in the street and stuff so how I played him is that he was across the street from my school and um he was just there I didn't know who he was but he had on you know the whole gear like freaking on um, black black fatigues you know the Timberlands and whatever black hoodie and all that we in we in there yeah. playing ball we got on ball stuff and he like I never got my my behind bust so bad against some against somebody you know Jamal <laughs> Tinsley in the park <laughs> you know.
0: Yo, that is crazy, man. New York needs to—they, not even New York, just AAU basketball as a whole—they need to start changing the the way they train these kids because these kids is coming into the NBA and they don't have no skill. Yeah. And a- another thing I noticed too that the NBA is really is really getting horrible to me. One is the refing. Maybe because I watch the Knicks a lot of the time and the refs just hate us. Yeah. One. And the amount of threes that these people be taking yeah, they, they, yo, you seen a report that it said I think it was Kobe White from the Chicago Bulls. And Kobe White had the nerve to say the coaches told him the mid-range jump is a bad shot.
1: Yeah, that's that's the narrative right now. I really don't know what that's about. What like you know, like when we and you both were coming up, if you couldn't, if you couldn't make a mid-range jump shot, if you couldn't make a layup, if you couldn't, if you didn't if you didn't do it properly, because now you got they got they they're actually teaching the guys now with these like coaches and stuff like that to um jump off the wrong foot and, and make a layup. That that's okay. If I did that with my coach, I wouldn't play. You know? <laughs> It's, it's just um it, the whole the whole overall culture is all messed up and I and I, I, I you know I hate to say it, it's like like um, you know we we came up off the internet stuff with it, like we just mentioned the anchor app or whatever but the same thing YouTube and stuff like that everybody's just watching YouTube and whatever all these analytics and stuff like that and that all the the, the internet really is destroying the game because even like you yeah. can even talk about unsportsmanlike conduct because I'm I'm you know like if you dunk on somebody and the guy turns around and starts screaming and cursing and stuff like that the referees don't even call texts anymore for that. You know what I'm saying? So, But at the same time, they don't want guys to uh, touch you. To, there's no defense. And then they want to go to the instant replay if there's a quote-unquote
0: oh, hard oh, foul. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember last year I was watching James Harden score 60 on my Knicks. Yeah. That was the worst 60-point game I've ever seen. <laughs> like, it was so disgusting how he was just getting to the basket. And mind you, Moutier was guarding him. Yeah, When Frank was guarding him, he Was one for six, so salute the Frank Miller Kingdom. Yeah, but it was bad, and Harden is a prime product, yeah, man. Of this generation's the way the rules are, Harden is a prime product of the.
1: Yeah, the rules will change basically because of him. You know, like all the traveling stuff. That, that dude travels, man. I, you know, I'm sorry. It it, got, it gets to the point now where guys are like, "Yo, counter steps. Look at the replay. Do it really slow. Look at it with your with your left eye closed and squint real tight and stuff." You know, like like if the guy, I mean, the guy is traveling. You know what I'm saying? But I mean that that's just the this is the culture now. It's the it's the new era, new wave of basketball.
0: Man, this new wave of basketball is stupid. Sometimes I swear it. I. If they could just bring back like, hand checking, I think I'll be cool.
1: Yeah, man. Not, not not even not even so hardcore like like how we used to be. Could be uh, two hands on you pushing and stuff like that. But I mean, just like contact, you know. So sometimes they come up the court and a guy just just checks them naturally, and then they already call calling the um, foul <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's uh, just this new NBA now. Yeah. As we talking about culture,
1: mm-hmm.
0: I want to talk about Mike Miller. This man, he he. Before I criticize him, he's way better than Fisdale. Fisdale was sh- a shitty coach. Um, I was defending Fisdale, but Mike Miller's better than him. Now, yeah. criticism. This man rotations has been garbage the past four or five games. This man, I don't know if he's a puppet of upper management, but there should be no way in hell. I'm watching Wayne Ellington infect the blue and orange jersey with his disgusting shooting. And I have an all-NBA rookie team second player and Alonzo Trade just riding on the bench. And then when Alonzo Trade do come in the game, he's 2-for-14 in his last 16 field goal attempts. Yeah. So it's, 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 it's obvious that this man is not in the rhythm. But you continuously throw out Wayne Ellington out there. When you should do yeah. the right thing and wave him, and just give. Uh, what the hell is going on here, bro? What what? The well, hell he, you the um, are doing?
1: you you said it was um, you said it right though. It's upper a management. They got to be tempered because um, it's um, you know, the deadline is coming February sixth, and conveniently, this guy um, Marcus Morris is hurt, and they just trying to give other guys a little bit of more time and stuff. I so mean, I it's think. Not
0: hurt, bro. Yeah, I mean, he's not hurt. Ian Bagley put out a video on Twitter today. I'm pretty sure you probably can scroll by it if you didn't click on Ian Bagley. They was in practice, DSJ and Marcus Morris looked perfectly fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, the too. DSJ, on during the layup lines, the guy's doing 360 dunks and all kind of stuff. So what kind of uh, abdominal injury does he have, you know? <laughs> yeah, so they, they just saw him, They just showcasing certain guys to see if they could pack, package them in, in some kind of trade or whatever. What do you think about the trade thing, man? What do you, what do you think these guys should be focusing on?
0: Um, First of all, you got to identify – Who's, who first of all you gotta identify who you want on this roster next season. First of all. Yeah. That's the first thing. The second thing you need to identify is who what mentors you want to keep with what young guys. For example, I'm not trading Taj Gibson. And I'm either keeping Morris or I'm 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 keeping Gibson. I think I want to trade Randall. who I'm getting at people all day. I don't care about people arguing with <laughs> me on Twitter about Randall. I don't care if you arguing with me about Facebook about Randall. I don't yeah. like the way he played basketball. He don't play winning basketball. He does not hustle. He does not play good defense. He's a horrible all-ball defender. Everything – I do not like Julius Randall the way he played basketball, period. So, <laughs> if it came down to Julius Randall, Marcus Morris, Randall could go for a bag of cookies, bro. I, I, I don't like the way he played basketball. And uh, – it's, it's,
1: uh, like, who, who would you? Who would you? What kind of player would you like to have at the four? Because um, I mean, at first, like in the beginning, when um when this guy was was the coach on um, Fisdale, I, I you know I was on the, I was ready to, to to trade Randall for whoever. I was I was talking about Terry Rozier and stuff like that, <laughs> you know. But I mean, and then, now that he settled in, whatever they gave him a little role, I'm kind of I'm kind of okay with it, you know. But it's, like 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 you said, it, it depends on like like who do you, who do you want. If you decide to pick certain oh. certain guys and bowl with them. You get you got to You have to go full Monty. because that's another thing too. Like with the history of the Knicks, like you can go back down all the way to the to like the seventies and sixties and even from the beginning of the, of the of the history, the Knicks always make a move that that you looking like why the well, <laughs> hell, you know why did they do that you know like like when they traded um they, they traded Clyde for no reason they traded um um Bob McAdoo for no reason no, they traded they
0: trade Mark Jackson bro no I never bro, knew the history on that why what the hell. What happened
1: with that? Well, that that was on um, Pat Riley. Pat Riley had um had, had kind of took over or whatever. So he he wanted like a more tough team to build around the guys that they already had. So so his thinking, like this this guy Charles Smith. He was he was basically traded for Charles Smith. But Charles Smith, like like um in in the Clippers, if you look at his stats, he averaged six um excuse me sixteen the year before, and he averaged twenty twenty the year before that. I think twenty one points. I, I think. The Year before that, so I mean, they were kind, of, they were kind of banking on on his age and the potential and stuff, you know, because they they were they were trying to get really they were really trying to um get get away from Charles Oakley back in those days. Mm. Yeah, because um they wanted um Ewing to have to get some scores. Besides, you know, besides um um you know Charles Smith, we went and got this guy um Tony Campbell. Nobody really talks about him, but like the year <laughs> before we got him, um he averaged seventeen with Minnesota, and he averaged twenty one the year before that with Minnesota. So that you know they were kind of banking on these these type of guys. That that's what was happening then. But like the Mark Jackson thing, Mark Jackson, you know, he kind of like from his rookie first two seasons, he kind of slowed down and he don't really play defense. You know, but like the real question is why did they trade freaking on uh, Rod Strickland for for um Murray's cheeks? That's that's like the, the real crazy question.
0: <laughs> yeah, oh, I mean why, the why did, play, yeah another question why did Pat Riley leave John Starkson to go to Oh man? <laughs>
1: It's like,
0: <laughs> yo, man, I
1: already, I already been through enough with that, man. Like not enough farms. Um, nah, you know. I
0: think that, nah, bro. I, I think that Bargnani trade took me over the top, bro. Bargnani? Yeah. Yeah, because, yo, it's one thing to make a trade. Even when I, like, even when I play 2K, bro, I don't <laughs> never, ever, 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 ever trade my first round picks. I don't give a damn who's in the package. I'm not yeah. hitting my first-round pick. First-round picks are like gold. When you watch yeah. teams like the Raptors win a championship with no lottery picks on their roster, you you have to take that into account. Yeah. This is why people beef with Knicks management because it's like you're in New York. You got one of the richest owners in the NBA right now. You should have the best facilities, the best um, player development, they, it should be no reason why these players, even though I don't give a damn about the commute, but it should be no reason why these players is traveling all the way to Terrytown to whatever the hell they practice facility is at when it could be yeah. downtown in Mid Manhattan, like where Mellows gym is at. So it's just it's the little things, bro.
1: Yeah. Yo, that, that that practice facility, I've been up there before, man. It's, it's the worst. I actually played a game in there years ago. Well, you know, the season ticket holders, they always doing things for them. So I got a chance to play up there. Yo, the, up, up there, it, it looks like the Avengers mansion. It's in the middle of like kind of like nowhere in the middle of a dead end street, and there's like no markings on the buildings. It's like it's like ridiculous. And on the inside, it's almost like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna shit on them like that, but it's almost like a community college kind of kind of feel, you know, the way, the way the um the thing looks. So I mean it's it's embarrassing. We we we're like the best city in the world. You know you could run down the line New York. New York is we we are cocky, whatever, but it's the truth. We got one of the, the best cities in the whole world and we got these guys in the middle of nowhere on on some <laughs> hick town block in Westchester, you know what I'm saying? So I'll be pissed too. That's that's another reason why these guys don't want to come. They don't wanna come down to, to New York. I mean, because who wants to go up there and then have to drive an hour and a half just to get to the garden every day? That's crazy.
0: Yeah, that's crazy. But well, that's a that's a minor excuse when you're making twenty million dollars playing a game that you love, whereas people yeah. that's nine to five making twenty five dollars an hour and trying to make the ends meet. That's why fans get pissed off when players complain about stuff like that, even though it's true. But yeah. bro, you making ten million per year to shoot a basketball, you better get your goddamn ass to that gym and practice, bro. Nobody yeah, that, bro. Um, yeah. As far as is, you know, we just got we just talking about the coaching and stuff, and you said some trade names. Um, couple dudes that I would like for the Knicks to target: um, Malik Beasley, Justice Winslow, yep, Aaron Gordon, um, Robert Covington, um. Whew.
1: Yeah, those, those, those are good names. Those are good names. Oh,
0: and um, what's this guy named from Portland? Nazir Little. i seen a trade with the Knicks with Portland. So this is why I'm hoping Portland wins. Even though I'm a Mellow fan, I'm hoping they win. Because I'm hoping they win enough to where they're like, okay, we can make this playoff push. Let's call the Knicks. Let's try to get um Marcus Morris over of their hands. Now, if they call my Knicks for Marcus Morris and we could get Nazir Little back in that deal, I'm all in. Because okay. the thinking is, okay, you didn't get the first round pick, but you got Najee little. So now you right. have a wing who you could play beside Kevin Knox. Now that makes Damian Dotson expendable. That makes um, Alonzo Trier expendable. Um, speaking of Alonzo Trier, how you feel about Alonzo Trier?
1: I mean, I, I just I just don't understand why they're not playing him because I mean the guy's nickname is Isozo so I mean like we don't we need a basket hey guess what why do let's call like the best isolation player that we have you know and, and let's see if we can get him to get us a basket you know they they don't call no plays when when he's in there whenever he's in there he's always standing on the island you know there's no movement and nothing like that so they they kind of sabotage him a little bit and then like I guess like himself too I, I it's got to be his he's got to be really popping a lot of stuff in, in in practice man I know there was a lot of talk about him um him and Tim Hardaway Jr. going at it, you know, like verbally and stuff in practice. That's why he wasn't playing before. So um, Wait, word? Yeah, they were. yeah, that yeah, they they um even on the court. There there was one time where um where it was like a fast break, and then um you yeah. know Alonzo Trey was leading the fast break, and he was he was supposed to hit you know um Tim Hardaway with the layup, but I mean that's not the way the NBA plays now. Everybody goes to the corner. So you know Trey threw the ball to the corner, but um Tim Hardaway went to the basket. So they started arguing. And if you, if you, if you, like, I, I didn't, I don't have the, the video right now, but if you look, read their mouths, you could, you could see um Trey was straight cursing them out, you know? So, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the backstory with that is like in practice, Trey is, is, is destroying everybody, you know? But it, with, it's like, um it's like despite the team though, you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think that's what his issue is. He's got to figure out a way to, you know, wheel all that stuff in.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah. yeah, Trey, but the one thing I will say about Trey is it was an article that came out today. Um, And the article was basically talking about how Trey has been a constant professional. You know, Trey always come to practice. Trey always, you know, cheers on his teammates. And that's another thing, too, that I've been doing this season. And I want you to do this as well, Sue, bro. When yeah. you're watching the game, I just want you to watch individual plays. Don't you Don't even worry about the whole game. Just watch individual players. I think that's one of the reason why I've been criticizing Julius Randle so hard. Because I watch the game, but I watch him specifically at certain times just to see what he's going to do. You watch an zone, you're watching Aizzozo. you on the bench. He don't look like he's sulking. His head is not down. He's paying attention to the game. He's talking to Mitch on the bench. He's talking to the guys. He's getting up. He's clapping. being a great teammate. I just hope he gets his time to shine. Um. I hope it's after the trade deadline, because I'm dying to see a lineup of, i say, it's it's just a bench lineup, let's say Mission Foul Trouble, Wooten, Knox, Dodson, Trey, Frank. I just want to see one time.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. we probably going to get smoked during that, during that, um... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> during, that, during that time, there they on the court, but I, I, I feel you though.
0: I don't think we nope. are because you got you got your three D wing, you got mm-hmm. Scora, Frank Frank can play some defense. Wooten is the shot blocker. Knox is the shooter. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got you, you know what it is. I think we just so lose so used to the. To, we got to get this losing mentality out, bro. I think yeah. you know, we, we got to get it out, bro. We, we got to flush it out of our brains that we cannot win or we cannot score when it's just the kids on the floor. I think, yeah, when we watch the kids with Reggie Bullock and Wayne Ellington, it, it it just doesn't do nothing for us. So losing with those guys on the court with the kids, it don't do nothing for me neither, to be honest with you.
1: Um, yeah. But I get you though. These guys, if if we got the young guys, why not use them to see to see at least like like in a hockey, like you know, like a hockey um, you know um, what did they call substitution? Just sweep them in and just just let them let them air it out one time. You know what I'm saying? See if the energy of youth kid kick in, you know. But like what you was, you was talking about Randall before, man. I I, I feel you on the, on that because um, Randall's energy he kind of got like an asshole energy when Yo, he's out OD, there. So.
0: Bro. OD.
1: Od, yeah, yeah, I'll definitely peep that.
0: Yo, bro, he'll get fouled and then he'll start crying to the ref. First of all, you're the $21 million man. You're around yeah. a bunch of 19, 20, 21, 22-year-old kids, bro. I don't want these kids seeing you bitching with the refs, bro. Excuse my language, but the, he, he, <laughs> he gots the stop You're $21 million man, bro. I, he's going to get the most criticism on his team. If we get yeah. another superstar, I'm not going to say no names from twenty twenty. From 2021 free agency, I would dare <laughs> not say that man name. But if yeah. he's a superstar, then he's going to get criticized just like how I'm criticizing Julius Randle. Yeah, but
1: I think that's what he needs, though. He, he needs, like, another guy in there to, to to take that away from him so he can kind of loosen up. Because he's he just, he just too tight with it, man, you know?
0: I think that guy's already there, but he's just not old enough. RJ Barrett. But
1: Yeah, RJ Barrett's there. I think he's he's gonna he's gonna be the one. Yeah, but do, do you think he's gonna be our shooting guard for the for the future or, or he, what?
0: Yeah, but I I think he's gonna be our shooting guard for the future, even though he could play the three. My thing, the question I'm gonna throw back at you is, which I've been wondering myself, I don't think RJ Barrett is a number one option on the championship team
1: nah nah I don't, I don't think so either but but he's definitely like a like kind of like a like a backbone kind of not not a backbone but maybe like he just like a he's an important piece to have i think
0: so if that if that's the case then the next gotta be all in on the 2020 draft they gotta be yeah. all in. they gotta give me another they gotta give me a, a star it's no way how, how we talk about Going back when we talked about earlier about the Knicks and when they made the trade for Charles Smith and the other guys, it always seems like whenever somebody gets in a Nick jersey, they numbers go down, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, why does that happen? I'm like, yo, like, man, I know like, you know why it happens, bro? Yeah, this is the most pressure jersey in New York sports, bro. Name yeah, is the well team. That got a fan base who puts the most pressure on the team in any sport. Yeah,
1: every every um player that comes in that arena, they they get up for the for the Knicks. That's why all the bums across the world come to the Knicks and drop dirty on us. You know,
0: <laughs> it's crazy.
1: Yeah, it's, yeah. The, the other team gets gets power, you know, just from being in the building, but just the bright lights and the and the heaviness of that jersey, you know, that that destroys a lot of players, man. It's not it's not built. It's not made for everybody
0: damn sure I ain't made for DSJ. He over here complaining about cab drivers, talking about how the bad the Knicks was playing. There's yeah,
1: while he's rocking his Periolas so or whatever the hell he's doing.
0: <laughs> this guy here, yo, I, <laughs> and DSJ, he's in the he's in the little video with Ian Bagley. I'm just thinking to myself, in my head, in my head, you dunking the ball, bro? Shoot some fucking threes. Excuse my language, but he's another person who's agitated me this whole season because he was one of the guys i had most of the faith
1: in yeah i had him circled as the number 1 he was going to be the number 1 guy for us you know he's he was supposed to be, in, you know, the the spoon that stirs the drink, you know, that that whole thing with the Harden does, you know, he was supposed uh-huh. to be the one
0: he is, it sucks man yeah it do, it it do man it's it's crazy how how far down this kid has gone man i, I don't even know what to think of this kid, man. I don't even know where we could trade him anywhere besides Minnesota who will give him a real opportunity to start. Yeah, just, yo, it's yours. Like, go ahead and and, and, and take the keys. This is why I get mad when young players on other teams is producing, for example, Shea Gilders Alexander, and then you got Nick fans who cry about when their players ain't producing, aka Kevin Knox, and right. they don't even think about the situation. You know, he's in OKC. He's in a small market. There's not much media spotlight on him. He got Chris Paul next to him. He got a stable organization who doesn't fire the goddamn coach after every goddamn two years. Yeah, he's a great president of basketball operations who manages. Who this might be a thirty for thirty. This man drafted Russell, Kevin, Harden, Abaka, Jeff Green, and Sephalosha, and he couldn't get one championship with that.
1: Yeah, man, that's to do with the money. He's he's in he's in a like you know we were just talking about New York. We the greatest city. Our practice facility, this, that, and the other. But OKC, okay, all they got, what they got over there? They got like horses and and freaking like. <laughs> you know, tumbleweed and whatever the hell they got over there. What's in OKC? But but um, but basketball they have no money, so they couldn't afford to to, to pay everybody. You know, so that sucks, man. If if um if they if um that dude was in New York, we we would have been winning the championship like the last ten years straight. We would have won
0: everything. Yo, his Yo. his scouting is impeccable. I'm not even gonna lie. You scouted yeah. three MVPs. Kudos to you, brother. I hope yeah, you. I'm I'm praying that. One of these Mitch, Knox, RJ, Frank. Hell, Frank too. One of these guys gotta become a superstar, man. We gotta get a homegrown superstar, man.
1: Well, I think I think we're on our way, man. We kinda we kinda like um chipping away and stuff. We're getting little guys here and there. But I think I think we're on a healthy path because you know, we don't we don't have our cap is not messed up. We got all of our draft picks. We got some important drafts coming up. We got this draft coming up that's pretty good. We should be we should have a high draft pick. The next draft is supposed to be a good one too because they're gonna change the age limit and all that. So it's gonna be like a double draft kind of. So you know the next few years is gonna be very important, man, as far as on um, free agency and all that stuff. So I think I think we're on the right path, man. You know what
0: I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, we are. We definitely are, man.
1: You know what? When what I want to ask you too, since since we here, what's up with Mister Mitchell, man? I always want to ask you about about him. Like, that, cause, I mean, like, I, I hear you, you, you like, when, when, I, when, I, hear your voice, uh, I, it's like if, if Harlem could be, could be a person, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's
0: what, when I, when I hear,
1: when I hear your voice, when I, I, think of Harlem. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out how, how you guys, um, got hooked up.
0: <laughs> Yo, Mitch, man, this <sighs> he makes my hair hurt, bro, <laughs> yeah. because he's the most protected Nick player. Protected, bro. And no, no,
1: you, I'm, you. T- I'm talking about your boy. I'm talking about your boy, Mitchell, uh, Mr. Mitchell, your um, your co-host. Oh, Mr. Mitchell.
0: Oh, I thought you was talking about um this 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 young man, Mitchell Robinson. What about Mr. Mitchell, man?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just I just want to know how how you guys even even um hooked up, man. Because you know, like I said, you're you're like Mr. Harlem. You know, when I hear your voice, I th- all I all I think of is Harlem. But then you you're rocking <laughs> with um you know the man down under down there. You know, it's a like crocodile Dundee. I was like, how well, how did, how did yeah. you guys get together?
0: Um um it's crazy. Uh, so the Knicks the Knicks groups, you know, I'm in a lot of the Knicks group. I'm I'm damn near every one of the Knicks groups, but the main one that I already post is the Nick Nation Nick group. And you know, I was right. always yeah, posting yeah. on there. And then I think I, I did a live stream video one day. And I think I think that was um right after Porzingis got traded. Literally like right after I did a live. out cause I was pissed off. And he wrote me, he like, yo, bro, y'all can join your podcast, uh-huh, because we always had in-depth conversations over Facebook about, um, topics when I wrote, when I wrote something on Facebook, as far as the Knicks is concerned. So, you know, he said, yo, can I join your podcast, uh-huh, I mean, he joined me on episode, I believe it was 23, episode 23 of the podcast, and he's wow. been co-host ever since, man, he's great, to he 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 comes from a place where his basketball knowledge is different from mine, so he'll give me different points of views about various things. So yeah. you know, and gives the flavor. Like who the hell, who the hell would have thought like this kid from Harlem would have a guy from Australia on a podcast? You get what I'm saying? Like it, it was something new. Yeah, yeah it's it was dope, dope. dope.
1: Yeah, it's dope. I will always wanted to ask you about that. <laughs> I mean, they they got that whole they got a whole another culture down there. You know, they they have their own basketball league. Yo, yes. this guy, on uh, speaking of Harlem, you got Homicide that do Homicide Williams. He was on Knicks Fan TV. Yo, um, yes, the other he day. was. I, I, I
0: listen. Uh, listen to it too. Continue.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I mean, hearing that man, just uh you know, the, and you know, it's just it's just dope. It's a whole whole different ecosystem out there.
0: Yo, you know what's crazy? This is why I want. This is why I want to draft Lamelo Ball even more. Yes. Because. He's playing against grown men, like actual NBA players. He's six eight, seven foot wingspan, past first point guard, can get to the lane. He's gonna get Mitchell Robinson lobs. He's gonna get R.J. Barrett easy buckets. He, like drafting a six eight point guard, you can't pass up on that, bro. I, yeah, I,
1: I look at R.J. I'm not R.J. I look at um John Moran and what he's doing out there. Oh. Yeah, man. I, if um, I mean La, Lamella Ball watching him in, in um in Australia, he's kind of doing the same, same kind of things with his timing and stuff like that, his speed up and down the court. So yeah. I mean, this that makes me that makes me salivate, man. We haven't had that since, you know, I mean, since
0: Clive Clive Fraser. Oh my God, yo! <laughs> I don't know, man. Michael Ray Richardson, I don't know. Nick fans, you, y'all about to be tight of what I'm about to say. I love RJ Barrett. Barrett is going to be a Nick Hall of Famer. Hopefully, God willing, knock on wood. Yeah. That kid, John Morant, is the best point guard prospect I've seen since Chris Paul. And I yeah. would take – and he's a top five point guard right now in the NBA. And I think I would take John Morant number one in each of the past five drafts, bro. I think really? I, I – I, I, I'm, I'm over that. Luka. Yeah. But yo, that man is the real Dale Holy Phil, bro. Damn <laughs> yeah, the, the,
1: the, the dude plays like Gary Payton, but with hops.
0: Yo, he, crazy, man. Yo, he plays like he plays like Gary Payton. He gives me Baron Davis vibes hey. with a little bit of Jason Williams. With with a little with a hint of Steve Francis, man. He, he just thrown in a pot. <laughs> but
1: yeah, it's like the Star Wars, Star Wars movie. He got all the Jedi's and inside one point guard. You know what I'm saying? All the Jedi's from the pass hall in your inside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, man. He's, he's, a, he's how, a really good player.
0: Yo, and it, it, it's crazy how we talking about John moran but John moran is the engine to the Grizzlies right now. The Knicks yeah. missing an engine. RJ Barrett is the tune-up. He's the start of the car. He, he, he got the key. You got the key in the car. That's RJ Barrett. But we need the engine. Yeah. We don't got the engine yet. I love Frank Ntilikina. He's not a starting point guard. He's going to be a championship role player. Championship yeah, I believe that. In um, he reminds me of Michael Cooper. I
1: always say that Michael Cooper. <laughs> like I think that's
0: you know who he reminds me of. Eric Snow.
1: Yeah, I, I get that too. Eric Snow definitely young. Eric, Eric Snow was trash, but he was a championship player. Yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. He defense. Yeah. He was hit a three. He ain't gonna he ain't gonna really make dumb decisions on the court and he gonna play his role. He's not gonna complain. Yeah. That's why You need you need players like that. Yeah, that's why he a Nick fan favorite. That's why the first home game of the season, when D S J was playing like dog crap and Fisdale with his Mr. Potato Head looking so sent DSJ back out there. I was disgusted with Fisdale when he did that, yo. I, it, it was three things. Let's Real quick, bro. Fisdale did three things this season that made my head hurt, bro. I think number one was putting Kevin Knox as shooting guard. That was so stupid.
1: That was completely retarded. I, you know, no disrespect to retarded people, but that shit was, oh,
0: that was, yo, that, that was retarded, yo, man. That was fucking, yo, that was so disrespectful to Alonjo Trent. This yeah. The second thing, this man came out in the interview and said, well, we're only five games from being out of the playoff. Are you kidding me? <laughs> 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 and at the time we
1: had like the worst record in the NBA. He
0: like, yeah. <laughs> need to
1: upgrade his, pres- his his prescription on his glasses or something.
0: Yo, and the last thing that had me, that, last, that eighth game we lost, when the fan, we was screaming for this man, run more pick and rolls, and he still had Frank Nalakina coming across the court and just dumping the ball off. I was done with him after that. I was done yeah. with him after that. I, I'm good. <laughs> so. Yeah,
1: he he wasn't really a, a New York guy, man, because, like, like, I think we talked about it once before, like, the whole Van Gundy thing. Van Gundy was, like, he was, Van Gundy was, like, a heroin addict, you know? The dude was, like, he was, like, destroying his life every night, watching tape and stuff like that, putting all the pressure on him. And Fisdale is is, is, is um you know, in the camera's going, oh, yeah, you know, they're just not listening to me, you know what I'm saying? We
0: got to keep on laughing. Right? La- yeah. What, bro? Is, New York is Rome. You don't laugh in Rome. You got to have less. <laughs> This is why I like Mike Miller. He like he no nonsense, no yeah. no nonsense, none of that. Not you. you One's crazy. The last game that we played, Bobby Portis did. I don't know if you have seen the footage. You probably did though. It's on Instagram. So Bobby Portis missed an assignment, and one of the players got a wide open three because of Bobby Portis. He went under the screen. Mike yeah. Miller stomped his feet so hard on the ground and put his face in his hands. And I could think like all he can think about is how can I get this man off my team.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Bobby Porters, man, we, we didn't really talk too much about him, man. But Bobby Porters is trash. <laughs> he, is like, he is not a good basketball player, man. Yo, some sometimes he, he can he can get busy a little bit, man, but a lot of times he is just trash.
0: Yo, you know what's yo. crazy? Shout out to my man Chris, man. My man Chris, I remember the day we signed Bobby Porter's in free agency. <laughs> you know, n- n- not more than two minutes that announce that signing was announced. He called me. And the first thing he says to me on the phone, I said, Yo, Slizzy, Bobby Portis <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> And he repeated it like ten times. He didn't yeah. he didn't he didn't say a sentence yet to me, bro. He said, Bobby yeah. Portis, they spent fifteen million on Bobby Porter's, when you you know what the Knicks should have done on the off season, all you had to do was pay Taj, give Mook Morris one year twenty million, and give Vince Carter somebody one year twenty million. Call it a day. That's all you needed. Yeah,
1: yeah, I'm, I'm with that. Yeah, that, that um, that Bobby Porter's deal was was overkill because we already got. I mean, we we had just got my Marcus Morris and all that. We already had Taj. We already got or, or the guys. We we already got Julius Randle so I mean Bobby Portis was totally unnecessary, man. Him, him and Wayne Ellington, both of those guys was totally unnecessary. But I mean, you know, we kinda had to be, we had to spend the money, cause you gotta spend 90, 90%. But uh-huh. like you said, we could have gave that money to anybody, you know? Uh-huh. Especially like the point guard. I, I, I would have I appreciated like a veteran point guard. Give somebody if you're gonna pay the money, you know what I'm saying? Oh my god.
0: Yo. Bobby Portis had 20 points in the last game. It was the meaning, most meaningless 20 points I've ever seen. And it's like, Portis, do you know how to pass out of a pick and pop? Like, do you every time you get the ball at the three, you gonna shoot it? Like he shoots the ball, bro. Like, I... yeah, it's like, it's like getting
1: a fresh, like getting a like a fresh pair of kicks or whatever, and throwing them in the garbage. You know what I'm saying? They, just, I know they have a fresh pair of kicks, but. They're in the garbage, man, so they, they're trash.
0: They're trash now, you know? There's, oh, my God. Yeah, this man here, man. Speaking of M- M- Mitchell, shout-outs to my coach, Mr. Mitchell. Mitchell Robinson, bro. <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned that
1: in the live, man. That guy, he's been playing horrible lately, man. Yo,
0: he's been playing like dog shit. And you want to know what's crazy? He gets no criticism. <laughs> no, no yeah. fan of posts. Mitchell's trash. You don't see no Mitchell Robinson slander on Twitter, and I'm yeah. like, yo, he is really the most protected Nick on this team. Even RJ got RJ's a bust tweets. <laughs>
1: yeah, like it's like you can't say nothing bad about Mitchell, man. I mean, because I mean, every, you know, New Yorkers love defense. We like big man. You know, we like block shots and stuff like that, man. But I mean. Like, truthfully, he he's not really rebounding that well. I mean, he's not doing anything. Nah. Like, he, he, exposed, he exposed my man Whiteside, right? But then right after that, I guess the scouting reports came out. All you got to do is put a body on Mitchell Robinson, and he's just done. That's it.
0: You know, you know a little, think, little elbow in the chest. I don't think it's that, bro. What's that? I got a name for you. Frank Nilakina. <laughs> Mitch, yo, nah, you laughing. Nah. Yo, bro, all jokes aside, bro. Since Frank Nellikina has not been playing, Mitchell Robinson has not had a good game since.
1: I I got you, yeah. I got you, I got you. There's there's a connection with
0: that. Chemistry. is chemistry. When you see Alfred Payton in the game, who he always passing the ball to? Julius Randle. When you see Frank Nellikina in the game, who he's getting the ball to? Mitchell Robinson. This is why... Like, Mitchell has been playing terrible, but... I attributed this, this, um, as well as for Mitch. Mitch got to get a jump shot, bro. He got to get an offensive repertoire, y'all. You got to do something, man. Because
1: if he's not dunking the basketball, he's not doing nothing for you.
0: Nothing, nothing. <laughs> and you see he's you not walk... even blocking shots like he used to. Mm mm. and the reports of this Andre Drummond nonsense oh my god we didn't even how long
1: we been rocking right now
0: um damn we
1: all this time we didn't mention andre drummond this whole time oh my god
0: Yo, bro. This, this is why i brought up mitchell robinson because how dare you bring up andre drummond who's not of a shot blocker like mitchell robinson who is basically mitchell robinson right now at 26 years old that, that's that's what yeah. Andre Drummond is <laughs> Yeah, you can't.
1: You know. How dare you freaking mention Andre Drummond with Bobby Porter still on the damn roster? You know what I'm saying? Oh, like we got too many big men on this team. to be talking about Andre Drummond, but you know, not, not for nothing. I think that's all just Detroit. Yeah, Detroit is screwed right now. They they trying to get rid of their their players. So I mean that that I think that's what that's about. Yeah. It's, it's more for more on their side more than less than um is on our side.
0: You know what's crazy? I love social media. I think <laughs> Nick fans. <laughs> It, listen to this. And I think this is kind of true. I think the Knicks fans are actually bullying the Knicks. Let me explain. You see on Twitter, right? For the past like week, who names been getting mentioned? Crazy. Kenny Wooten. We've been mm-hmm. calling for this, but it was to the point. It got so bad on Knicks Twitter. Every every yeah. post you click on, it said, like, "Yo, call up Wooten. Call up Wooten. Call up Wooten. Don't trade the kids. Don't trade the kids." They called up Wooten. If the next I mean, trade any of the young kids, bro, this is a fan warner, it's going to be a riot. <laughs> it's going to be
1: riot. It's going to be anarchy in the streets, man. Yeah, yo,
0: it's, <laughs> it's going to be a riot. I think James Dolan got a secret burner account because when they was on Fizdale, it was like, fire Fizdale, fire fizz He waited until it got uncontrollable, and then he fired Fizdale. They better not do nothing stupid, yo. Yo, ben, not not for cool nothing, yo, I, you know not
1: nothing, you you know, I'm I'm my bad man, but you know, you know, we we me and you both we listen to a lot of stuff. I know you mentioned a lot of guys, Nick's fan TV, Nick, you know, nothing but oh. Nick's, all these guys, your your podcast, my podcast. And sometimes it's stuff that I say, and then then like the next day, like all of a sudden somebody's saying the same thing I said, or some or you might say something in like in your live or your podcast, or like something I definitely heard on nothing but Nick's. And then you know, I, I think I think we're the ones that's controlling this shit right now. That's <laughs> not, not just the fans, it's just it's just us i think like you know they got in their war room i think they got the got our stuff on speaker or maybe they, they put out yo make sure make sure you listen to this guy take your notes and stuff like that what, what are we gonna do now what does what he say you know what i'm
0: saying yo yo it's crazy the day that they signed wooden i did a live. i did a live for yeah. like an hour and i that was all i was talking about when did yo, you yo call, call up wooing why we? i was, I was
1: dying girl? Yo, when I was watching the, when I was um looking at it, right, I was I was looking at it after the fact and like during as you was giving your live, that's when the um that's when they signed Wooten. You know what I'm saying? So I like I kinda was dying laughing because I was thinking the same thing. It's like, yo, they got they gotta be watching this live and be like, yo, yo, quick, quick, quick get Wooten on the phone. We gotta sign him, quick, quick,
0: look kill us. For sure, for sure. I know Nick's might like, next PR and Knicks people. I'm I'm positive they listen to a lot of next podcasts, and I'm positive they listen to Listen to a lot of Knicks content because there is no Nets TV, there is no Hawks TV, there's no Orlando Magic TV, there is no State of the Orlando Magic. There is none of that. Yeah. <laughs> the Knicks got the most diverse group ever. <laughs> ever.
1: Yeah, you look on you look on YouTube or you go on Apple, whatever. What's the most um like the um the, like the most um podcast um topic is it's the Knicks. Everybody's talking about the Knicks. We got the like the most. The most content from fans anywhere, anything, any sport across the world.
0: It, yo, it's crazy how the Knicks. All they gotta do is win, yo. You win one championship, just one. In this decade, I just want one in this decade. I think we could get two or three, but it depends on the development of RJ Barry.
1: yeah, we in we in the beginning stages right now, I man. This is these these are the seeds that are planted right now. As soon as they, as soon as we catch some roots, get some, get once that water hits the roots, man, we, we, we got a chance to get this whole decade.
0: Mm-hmm. And what's crazy is, I remember at a point in time when Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, I believe Harden was on his team. Matter of fact, I don't think Harden was on his team, but they was three and 30. Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook was three and 30. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. Patrick yeah. Ewing, from what I believe in my memory bank, served me well. He did not make the playoffs his first three years in the NBA.
1: Nah, he didn't. Oh. He had his 20, I think maybe six rebounds and, and whatever. He didn't have his flat top yet. He was looking crazy, no shape up. You know what I'm saying? You know, there's evolution in this, man. You know?
0: So, yeah. Things start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere, man. I'm... Last thing before we get out of here um, predictions. Alex, Mr. Alex Collins from Nick's Film School, he gave me 22 to 24 games we're going to win this season. What's your, what's your number count? I got, I got 22 games this year.
1: I'm about the same thing, 22, 23, 24. I mean, you know, our boy, um, Wayne Ellington, you know, he said that um, he, we remind him of that 30 and 11 team in Miami, you know. <laughs> I mean, when he said that, I'm like, "That's cool, man." But you know, Elton, could you just get the fuck out of here? <laughs> Can somebody treat him? Can somebody call him a cab? Like, like who told he could talk, man? Nobody's talking to him. Well, nobody, you nobody cares what you what you got to say, bro. <laughs> just just go go just go get yourself a Gillette, and uh shave that nasty beard you got on,
0: man. Jesus Christ. Oh, uh, man, <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. I don't, I don't even know. I don't, I don't even know, man. I just hope this team wins more than 17 games. I'm not going yeah. to... I, I'm not going to... Um, I don't know, man. I'm not going to put no cap on the Knicks win or loss situation. Um, win or loss situation. Win or loss situation with the Knicks. It's, it's just... You got to win more than 17 games. Yeah. Like... That's it yeah, just for our hearts. Five.
1: Yeah, just just for our hearts alone, just that you can't win less. You can't win less than 17, you know, what I'm what saying got to give us 20 something just so we can have something, something to be happy about a little bit, you know,
0: I, I, I don't know, man. I just what I can't live with is this team having R.J. Barrett, having Kevin Knox, having Mitchell Robinson and that everybody else all-star or quote unquote superstar is um 28 29 30 years old so they all old so i'm i'm, I'm just banking on that. that that's that's all i got for right now bro any any last words for the people next nation before we get out of here brother uh, uh
1: feast of the gods man when i when i say you know that's like a, that's like an old um you know five percent kind of thing but I mean, when I talk about the guys, I'm talking about the Knicks players, man. The Knicks, I mean, the Knicks fans and stuff like that. Peace to us, man, because because we like like we just finished saying we 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 are the ones running this, man. We gotta keep on doing what we're doing and just stay positive and just ride this wave because we're almost there. I think I think 2020s right now. I think this is gonna be our decade.
0: It, it, I I hope so, bro. I hope so. I, I'm I'm hoping we get another four game win streak going. You know that accelerate us to 20 wins. I'm hoping that we. At least trade some of these vets. Get the young guys going. Let's let's get the rebuild going. Get it, get it quick, fast, and in a hurry. Get Kevin Knox some minutes. I want Kevin Knox to score thirty points so I can tag Nick Nation on Twitter again and say, "Goddamn clown! We keep talking about Michael Porter Jr. when that man was averaging five points his last five games, and I see a Michael Porter Jr. post since. I'm sick of this nonsense about the disrespect for my boy Kevin Knox. I'm sick of it.
1: <laughs> Yo, Twitter, I can't get with Twitter, man. But you know, my my Twitter account is diehard, um, KPC. Please don't add me. <laughs> Please don't laugh me. I don't want to hear the bullshit. You know what I'm saying?
0: They, oh, they can add me <laughs> all day, bro. I I every day on Twitter, bro. No issues.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can't I can't deal with it. I mean, this this there's, there's a guy on there. He's like he he's the owner of a, of a bakery. He was going get at me about something, man. I mean, I mean, all day long, like, like twenty four seven. This conversation was going on. I'm like, I'm like,
0: what is going on? What is matter with me? Yeah, like, who's, days
1: who's days cooking days. the cookies, bro?
0: <laughs> Jesus Christ! Yeah, that's crazy, man. But you know, I appreciate you, brother, man. Never collapse. Man, appreciate the people. Appreciate Knicks Nation. It's your boy, Slizzy, stay in the New York Knicks podcast. My God.
1: Knicks podcast. A salute to you, brother. We out. Yeah. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Peace, to ours. is your boy, e and he's the host of the Diners Podcast. This is another collaboration episode. I got my man, Slizzy, from the State of the New York Knicks Podcast. Uh, we did another collab, man. We had fun the first time. We had fun the second time. And I still didn't get to ask on some questions, man. But we still had fun. We rocked for an entire hour. Gee whiz, man! That's just two diehards talking basketball, talking about the Knicks, man. Hope you guys enjoy. Tune in on my platform, Die Knicks podcast, and also tune in on the uh, State of New York's podcast as well. Show us both some love. Without further ado, let's hit it. There you have it, guys. It's me and my boy. Slizzy from the State of the New York's podcast, man. We did a, a thing there for an hour. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Man, just stay tuned for more collabs, more podcasts. And um, let's go next. Booyakasha! Kasha!